Hello, this is your fertility pharmacist. This podcast is for women who are trying to overcome infertility. If you keep a pulse on late-breaking fertility research, it could positively alter the course of your fertility journey like it has for me. Hi, I'm Elise, your fertility pharmacist. Today I'm switching it up. Instead of covering one research article, which has been the standard, I'll cover several papers. They all relate to one timely topic, which is going forward with assisted reproduction when actively or recently infected with COVID-19. I currently have COVID, hence the reignited interest in the topic. Please bear with me if I sound off. Since women can't and shouldn't put off trying to conceive until after the pandemic ends, and we seem to be in the throes of yet another COVID surge, Women and their fertility clinics are in a difficult predicament. What should women do if they test positive during an IVF cycle? Should they wait or should they do IVF now? If they wait, when should they come back? Hopefully the research I present here starts to answer these tough questions. In this first part, I'll talk about the data published on women doing IVF while actively infected Then I'll move into the data published on women who were recently infected. Keep in mind, this is research that I've been able to access through mid-July of 2022. There will inevitably be more information that comes out, and I'll update the resource section of the show notes with links to the new research. I'll also aim to post timestamps for the different sections of this episode, because I suspect this could get long. On to the women who tested COVID positive during an IVF cycle. There are three papers I could find on this. The first paper came from Belgium and was published in Fertility and Sterility in April of 2022. This paper looked at 16 women ages 28 to 40 who were trying to create embryos between September 2020 to June 2021. Vaccination status was never mentioned in this paper. All of these women had tested positive on a nasal PCR test less than 48 hours before their oocytes were supposed to be retrieved, and they were given the choice to continue their cycles if they were asymptomatic or if their COVID symptoms were considered very mild, though what very mild looks like was not described. Nine of 14 male partners tested positive for COVID, in case you're curious. 15 of the 16 women did ICSI, and all of the embryos were frozen to allow the women time to recover from COVID and implant after infection. There are more details in this paper, but since there's a lot more research to share, it's time for their results. This Belgian study looked at samples of follicular fluid, humulus cells that surround the oocyte, and endometrium from most of the study participants, and there was no evidence of infection found in these samples. The fertilization rate from this group, as well as the rates of higher quality embryos on day 3 and on day 5, were comparable in the infected group of women to uninfected patients in that same center. After recovery from COVID, and the article doesn't define what that was, eight patients transferred embryos, and four of eight wound up with babies. Though those numbers look reassuring, something that an OB-GYN called out in a different article, she'd read this study, was that four of the 16 women were unable to produce day five embryos and three of those four women were able to produce embryos in cycles before and after infection. I tried to figure out if the four women who didn't produce embryos had anything obvious in common. Two of these women had mild COVID symptoms, and the 
other two had no symptoms. One woman was 37 and had endometriosis. The second woman was 40 and had tubal factor infertility. The third woman was 33 and had premature ovarian insufficiency. The fourth woman, who was the only one in the trial who did IVF instead of ICSI, she was 31 and had PCOS. The commonalities between them are not immediately obvious. Plus, this was such a small study, it's hard to tell if there's a signal here to pick up about COVID impacting embryo production. As it stands, the authors concluded that a nasal swab testing positive for COVID before an oocyte retrieval should lead to the cycle getting canceled, and that a freeze-all approach to embryos is justifiable because pregnancy should be avoided in patients who could become seriously ill. Besides this Belgium study, there's little peer-reviewed research out there on women doing IVF or ICSI while actively infected with COVID. There was a case report from a French woman who had mild COVID symptoms like malaise and a cough with her positive test. She had ICSI soon after testing positive, and four of her 20 oocytes were successfully frozen as blastocysts. That's all we know on her, and it's just woman, one woman. There was another study too, a Belgian study, and it looked at 20 women who were positive from COVID, but only one of those women kept doing IVF after testing positive, and she did not get pregnant. That's all we know there. Thus, we have published data on fewer than 20 women who completed retrievals while testing positive for COVID. So far, we know that women can create embryos and can get pregnant from these embryos created while mildly symptomatic or asymptomatic, but we don't definitively know if there were the same amount or less embryos being created from these women while infected. I can see why fertility clinics would be cautious to encourage women to continue retrieval cycles while testing positive, given the uncertainties with outcomes and the potential risks of transmitting infection to the clinic staff. For women whose well-being or fertility future is legitimately compromised if they don't go forward immediately with retrieval, like a cancer patient trying to preserve fertility before chemo, then the fertility care team and the patient could together weigh out the pros and cons of immediate proceeding. For most other women who can afford to wait, they should at least wait until we have enough data to conclude that embryos are not impacted by active infection. The question is, how long should women wait to do a cycle after recovering from infection? That brings me to the next batch of studies, which report on embryo outcomes after recovering from COVID. There was an Israeli study published in May in the Journal of Assisted Reproduction and Genetics. It looked at 41 women who were ages 20 to 42 who did frozen embryo transfers in January through June of 2021. 29 of these women were less than 60 days out from having tested positive for COVID on PCR, and the other 12 were 60 days to one year out from having COVID. The study didn't talk about symptoms or severity associated with the original infection, which might be worth noting. All of these women were doing embryo transfer using embryos that they had frozen before having COVID. And these 41 women were compared to 41 unvaccinated, never-infected women who did frozen embryo transfers in the same time period. It's worth noting that statistically more women in the COVID group versus the non-COVID group had used natural cycles, almost two times as many women. 
the control group had used hormonal replacement therapy, HRT, more frequently to prepare for frozen embryo transfer. Comparing the two groups, the results showed that there were no differences in the number of oocytes retrieved and the number of embryos available to freeze. And this makes sense because both groups had never been infected when they originally froze embryos. Pregnancy rates and implantation rates were lower in the COVID recovery group compared to the control group, but the differences did not reach statistical significance. Separating out the women who were more than and fewer than 60 days out from COVID recovery, they found that the differences were not statistically significant for women who were more than 60 days out versus the control group. But the group with fewer than 60 days from COVID recovery, there were only six pregnancies out of 29 versus 16 in the control group. Percentage-wise, this came out to 21% versus 55%, which was statistically significant. Thus, the authors of the study recommended postponing frozen embryo transfer until women were at least 60 days past having the COVID infection. Besides that Israeli study, there was another Israeli study also published in May, and this one was in fertility and sterility. I've read this study more than once, and when it first came out, as well as now. I won't delve into it too much because the 26 women who recovered from COVID were lumped together in one group without differentiating based on age, time since infection, etc. I'm happy they found comparable rates of pregnancy between all groups studied, but the results were generic, so it won't help make personalized patient decisions about when an individual woman could resume fertility activities. If a fertility clinic decided to open the doors wide to all women to resume embryo transfer after recovering from COVID, they'd be doing a disservice to women who may have been subtly impacted in this kind of study and were hidden due to the overall positive results of the group. I'm posting a link to the study, though. It's the first one listed under resources. A lot of the authors from this less helpful study also published in May 2021 another so-so study. And by the way, if we had more studies available, I'd be skipping over these so-so studies. This study looked at nine couples where one partner had tested PCR positive for COVID. In seven of the nine couples, the woman had tested positive. We don't know if women had symptoms, any of the patients had symptoms, or if they'd been asymptomatic. These nine couples were coming back for IVF eight to 92 days after testing positive, and their cycle results while in recovery were compared to their pre-COVID results for doing IVF. In these nine patients where women were taking up to one year between the pre-COVID and then their post-COVID recovery cycles, they found no differences in the results except that there were fewer top-quality embryos. The authors concluded that there were not harmful effects from COVID on the pool of oocytes that the retrieved sperm and oocytes may have been exposed to COVID-induced systemic inflammation, which would have impacted embryo results. Unfortunately, we do not know pregnancy results from this small, so-so Israeli study. There's even a fourth Israeli study to talk about, though this study has been posted on the interwebs without being peer-reviewed. These authors have a history of publishing, like last August in the high-impact journal Human Reproduction, so I believe that we will see this research refined in a peer-reviewed journal in the next few months. What we now know is 
The study looked at the impact of COVID on 60 females for fresh and frozen transfer in patients who were between two weeks to 90 days out from COVID infection, with women being on average seven weeks past COVID when they started the treatment. They found no differences in pregnancy loss or in top quality embryos when they compared the women to their own past cycles or compared them to women who had never been infected. They also looked at male partners and found that 11 of the 60 had been within three months themselves of COVID infection. They found that the sperm count had declined in these males, but it did not affect the number of embryos or the number of top embryos, top quality embryos produced either. While these results are reassuring, and it's helpful to know that this was a narrower time range than the last study I talked about, there's a lot of data missing from this paper and I'm hoping the peer-reviewed version can clarify. I'll post the link to this non-peer-reviewed version for now. And that's it for the Israeli studies. Two more studies to go. The second-to-last paper covered today comes from Argentina and was published last October in BBA. This study looked at 46 women ages 21 to 44 who had gone for IVF at one of three centers in Buenos Aires between November 2020 to April 2021. These women had tested PCR positive for COVID and had either been asymptomatic or mildly symptomatic with loss of smell, loss of taste, and or flu-like symptoms, but all had recovered from COVID for two to nine months before starting IVF, with an average recovery time of 4.5 months. None of the women in this study were vaccinated. While they did not stratify the women based on their time recovered from COVID while they looked at results, they did stratify by age. Women under 35 showed no differences in the number of oocytes recovered compared to women who'd never had COVID. Women who were ages 35 and up had less oocytes retrieved than women of the same age who'd never had COVID. It is worth noting that there was a 44-year-old woman in the post-infection group and the control group only had women up to age 38. Six years of difference between the eldest woman in each group, and the study didn't talk about this. They also found that 92% of the women who had been infected showed positive antibodies against COVID in their follicular fluid, as well as several other changes in inflammatory markers and cell receptors compared to the control group. The authors concluded that infection with SARS-CoV-2 could damage ovarian function, alter the follicular environment, and impact reproductive outcomes. While the study did not test any impact on embryos, I included this study because it was prospective and multi-centered, and I liked that they had stratified the women based on age. Keeping this in mind, let's get into one last study coming from ground zero. This study came from Wuhan, China, It was published in May 2021 in eClinical Medicine, which is closely affiliated with a historically reputable journal, The Lancet. This study retrospectively looked at 65 women ages 29 to 34 who tested PCR positive for COVID between May of 2020 and February 2021. So this was very early on in the pandemic, and they compared these 65 women to women who were not infected. No women were noted as being vaccinated in this study. This study specifically excluded women whose male partners had a history of infection. In this study, 45 of the 65 women were asymptomatic, 
and the other 20 women were described as having mild symptoms. This paper was smart and described what mild looked like, fever, cough, sore throat, without any changes seen on imaging to lungs. All of these women were at least four months out from infection when they started cycling. In both the mildly symptomatic and the asymptomatic group, roughly 50% of the women did a fresh embryo transfer, and roughly 40% of those who did the fresh embryo transfer successfully became pregnant. They compared these pregnancy outcomes of the COVID-positive women to those women who had done fresh embryo transfers around the same time but had no history of COVID, and the success rates of pregnancy were similar. They also found that rates of high-quality embryos and blastocysts available to transfer were comparable regardless of a history of infection, but the women with a history of infection had lower rates of creating blastocysts compared to women who hadn't been affected, and this had a statistical significance of P equals 0.02. The authors suspected that the decreased formation of blastocysts may have come from increased oxidative stress from COVID on the molecular level, which may have altered oocyte epigenetics, which in turn lowered the oocyte quality. The authors recommended a larger study to learn if women with a history of COVID infection had epigenetic modifications that affect blastocysts. This Chinese study suggests that women can get pregnant from fresh embryo transfers, since 20% of the women in this small study ultimately were pregnant. We don't know if they delivered healthy babies. We do know they were ages 29 to 34, so women 35 and over, we don't know outcomes. Since I've gone over so many studies with women trying to conceive after recovering from COVID, here's a quick recap going from the most recent back to the beginning. The Wuhan study showed that women ages 29 to 34 can successfully conceive doing IVF at least four months after having mild or asymptomatic COVID infection, but blastocyst formation may be impaired. The Argentina study showed that women who recovered from COVID had changes to their follicular fluid and that women over 35 made less oocytes compared to controls. There were four Israeli studies and most of them were so-so. Two of those studies showed reassuring results, but one didn't stratify women by age or time out of infection, and the other study is not yet peer-reviewed. The initial Israeli study I covered separated out women who were fewer than 60 days out from infection from the women who were 60 days to one year out from infection, and in that recently recovered group of women fewer than 60 days out, they found that there were much lower rates of pregnancy compared to similar women who had not yet ever been infected. From these six studies, looking at reproductive cycles that started sometime after testing positive for COVID, what can we conclude? From a forest-level view, it seems like some women will do just fine with no issues, but right now it isn't completely obvious who those women might be. It would make sense that a younger, healthy woman at least three months out from infection could come back to the clinic to make and or implant embryos. Beyond that, the current evidence suggests that there might be an impact. Maybe it's inflammatory. Maybe it's epigenetic. We don't fully know. And that could lead to worse reproductive outcomes for women who have COVID or who have recently recovered from COVID. 
We need a lot more data to figure this out. And those are my ultimate conclusions. I wish I had all the answers. And please feel free to agree or disagree with what you've heard. And drop me a line too, please, if you find research that should be included at www.yourfertilitypharmacist.com. This is Your Fertility Pharmacist. Thanks for tuning in. 